Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Pranica. I am your other host, Benjamin R. Harrison. Uh, ben, we're waist deep in our West Coast tour plans. Yeah. How are you feeling about it so far? I'm feeling really, I'm really excited about this tour. I'm like, you know, it's it's been like a lot more work than I uh, think we either of us anticipated getting it ready. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, like, I, I guess this will come out, like, kind of close to when the tour starts, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's been, uh, I'm just getting really excited thinking about, like, actually going and, and, uh, doing this in front of people. We've got some real fun surprises also, I think, uh, I think the poster thing might be one of my favorite parts of yeah. this whole deal. Mm-hmm. This tour poster is outrageous, and we've only seen, like, uh, proofs so they aren't like the finished designs but holy shit like, <laughs> the concept might be not safe for work uh for hanging in your cubicle but maybe a little bit of gaff tape will will help you out there sure yeah a little uh dutch out some of the more racy elements of the yeah because when you think of us and uh imagery of us that's definitely where the mind goes right yeah, so uh, so if you want to come see us do this for the first time, it'll be. I'm sure it will be memorable, and I think it'll be pretty fun. Like everything you do for the first time, it's going to go great. All parties are going to be satisfied. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's something you'll remember fondly forever. So we're going to be doing this a lot, but you definitely don't want to miss the first ones yes. if you're in the environs of Seattle or. Portland or the San Francisco Bay Area. It's going to be hot. Yeah. Uh, With that, I think we should probably turn the page over to the episode we're going to be reviewing today, Ben. Yeah, let's do that. Season 4, Episode 9, The Final Mission. This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. So, Wesley's in big trouble, Adam. That is how this episode starts. He's uh, He's been called up to the bridge. He's, like, late, and uh, he's trying to stumble over some chicken shit excuse, and Picard is having none of it. Because I can assure you that will not go down well at Starfleet Academy. Yes, sir, I'm aware of that. You get a real reversal of emotion yeah. in one Will Wheaton at that moment. The Academy? This scene is directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> a twist beginning adam <laughs> yeah uh wesley drops his coffee mug in slow motion mm-hmm. yeah. it's uh it's made by starfleet academy mug company <laughs> yeah oh man just seeing seeing that milky coffee go into the pile on the carpet there tragic yeah. that's not gonna come out easy <laughs> you hope they've scotch guarded that bridge carpet yeah it's definitely been replaced at least once since uh, since this mission started, right? Yeah, and you can definitely see all the places that uh, that they've they've wheeled desk chairs across it. Yeah, I mean it's not great. A... It's that's that's why all the angles are up. Have you noticed? <laughs> like they're trying to shoot up towards the top of the horseshoe whenever they can. Yeah, well, that and it just gives Captain Picard that masculine attraction. You know what? You bring up a good point. 
with that. I know you were joking, what? but shooting people up is often their worst angle. And yet they do it to Patrick Stewart all the time to to show Worf in the background in bridge scenes. Yeah. How does it work for him and it works for so few other people? Well, is he just a better looking person? He is, yeah, definitely that. But I think also uh, I've read that some some directors think men look better uh, looking up at them and women look better looking down at them. And it's like a because men are taller on average than women thing mm. that they theorize that's true. But yeah, as a as a leading man like Patrick Stewart, you definitely got to keep your nose hair game in check. Well, that and you've got to keep the chin out. Yeah. Like it, it really forces you to do that because you get the meat beard look if, <laughs> if there's if there's some soft chin there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a that's a that's a great point. We definitely haven't talked about that. So they don't have much time to bathe in the uh, in the happy emotions with Wesley getting accepted to the academy because. Uh, evolution's worst mistake gets up on the FaceTime and says that her planet is under under attack by some unknown ship. This is a woman who... This is maybe the most loaf we've seen on a character yet. She's definitely on Mount Loaf. <laughs> she... I mean, we're getting pretty close to Halloween here, Ben. Yeah. As At the time of this recording, I think the episode will come out far after, but... She struck me as someone who had walked into a silly string spiderweb. Do you want to hear my Halloween costume? Okay. I'm going as... Sexy... Sexy Wesley Crusher. Wesley, the boy. The boy. Young Wesley Crusher. <laughs> my son. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I told my wife that, and uh, and it's as close as we've ever come to not still being married. <laughs> Is this a couple's costume situation where she will be dressed as uh, as heroin golf video game? I think she's going to be dressed as sexy, embarrassed wife. <laughs> That's a costume that you can wear the entire year through. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah, she didn't. Uh, she didn't have to go to uh, Ricky's and pick up any uh, special uh, special accoutrement. She had everything already in her closet. Did you have everything already in your closet for sexy Wesley? I bought a Wesley sweater, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna like do my hair Wesleyish and make myself a little uh, Starfleet badge. Oh man, that is a lot of Depp brand hair gel, <laughs> Ben. And you better buy two. Utah, give me two. Yeah, the kid uses some gel. So. At this point, we've arrived at a choice. You've got a planet in trouble asking for help, and you've got a diplomatic mission. Yeah, we haven't really said what the diplomatic mission is, have we? No, I guess not. So the the episode starts with, with Picard recording a log about how he's on his way out to mediate a dispute between miners. And that's the story mm-hmm. before they get this distress call from the planet. And he's got to be pretty nervous about this because we know that Captain Picard is very uncomfortable around miners. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so Picard is going to is going to hop in a shuttle with Wesley and go deal with this and the Enterprise is off to uh 
sort out the uh, strange ship attacking the planet. Does it seem like one of these is more important than the other, Ben? Because I sure think mystery ship attacking a planet probably takes precedence over cranky miners. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that they're like... Get yourself a ship that can do both? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, and they're, and they're like, uh, they're like, you know, Picard doesn't need to be here for a mystery ship. Like, Riker can handle a situation like this. So, and, and you know, like, they don't even need to spare a Previa. Like, they've got, like, Picard's getting a ride, you know? Yeah, and this is like the gypsy cab from Royal <laughs> Tannenbaum's level <laughs> shuttlecraft. It's a total jalopy, yeah. And and the captain of the of the jalopy we will come to know as Captain Durgo, yeah, who is very sure to use the word captain when he refers to himself and his ship. Yeah, Durgo has like a industrial size inferiority complex, and uh, you know Picard is very like cool about Durgo, but you know we know who's who the big dick is and. And Durgo really, it really eats Durgo up that he's going to be ferrying this greater man around. If you called an Uber and the app said your driver is Durgo (laughs) and this is the car that showed up, I think you'd cancel the ride, right? Yeah, I mean, his his shit is looking pretty rough. (laughs) Like, it's definitely got, like... It's definitely like that car that you see driving around where there's like a primer door because they got in a wreck and like yeah. there's there's some there's some evidence of the wreck on like the side panel but they only had enough money to replace the door and it's like a different color from the rest of the car. I one time got into an Uber that had <laughs> towels across the back seat and smelled of vomit. <laughs> Yeah. And I didn't cancel the ride like I should have. You're a hero. Your your Uber rating should be 6. Well, it's uh I I found myself uh feeling a great amount of of similarity to Captain Picard here because he goes through with the mission too. Yeah. He gets in that car. So let's talk about Durgo a little bit. He's got kind of a like a uh Halloween store level hand solo costume on. Mm-hmm. And he's got like a smattering of loaf, I would say. Like they used most of the loaf up on, on the lady at the beginning. So yeah. they just had like a little bit left to give him some some eye loaf or whatever. But uh he's like not much of an alien, right? They told him they're like, Look, we as far as building character, we we can't loaf you out, so you're gonna have to play big. And that's what he does. And uh Picard and Wesley get down there and they're in the shuttle bay and Jordy like he he's like on a mechanics creeper coming out from under the <laughs> Under the uh, shuttle, and he's, you know, shammying off his the grease on his hands, and he's like, "Man, this thing is ship shape, good to go. <laughs> like, it ain't pretty, but it's put together good." And he's like, "By the way, I noticed your maneuvering thrusters are a little weird, Durgo." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I wouldn't worry about that." <laughs> he says foreshadowingly. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, "All right, great. We're all feeling great about this." And Durgo offers Picard a uh, a seat at ops and Picard's like uh nope I'm going to uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to big dog you and Wesley and I'll be sitting in the back reading an ancient book and Wesley will help you one of the great double big doggings 
right here. It's like a it's like a trick shot in pool that he sets up where he where he he strikes the cue and uh, and knocks two balls into the corner pocket at the same time. Real nice. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, they so they take off from the Enterprise and they're flying in the uh, shuttlecraft and it really does not take long before the shuttlecraft completely loses control and they're like they're getting bangers left and right there's a fun moment where picard grabs a handhold and the handhold falls out in his hand yeah did you notice that part that was great kind of uh kind of reminded me of that inanimate carbon rod from the simpsons um yeah like they had fun making this ship a dumpy like the a dumpy interior as well as exterior like uh there's when Picard comes in from the back compartment he he throws the door open and then Wesley is over there like trying to use the computer behind the door and he can't get the door to like stay shut <laughs> which I thought was really fun like that was definitely designed into the into the set like what if what if the latches on the doors are even kind of shitty on this ship yeah i like i like the imperfect interactions yeah cuz i mean it, that really like sets it apart from the average you know enterprise door which you know doesn't even lock but it's uh you know it's definitely going to open and then close it really they glide so smoothly yeah it's a real dream but uh they they managed to now when you in, when you install enterprise door casements <laughs> you want to make sure to have all four corners completely level that way the door slides freely I like to I like to put the hinges on the door before you hang the frame. That way, you can be a hundred percent sure that you're square on all four corners. We're using two pin hinges. Now, most spaceships would use would use a sliding door here, but because this is a piece of shit sp- <laughs> spaceship, I'm, I'm like doing Australian all of a sudden. Yeah, ugh, ugh, yeah. forget about that. All right, this scene made me think about how similar depicting a plane crashes from a uh from a shuttlecraft crash uh-huh. because like the terminology is very similar uh we're going down <laughs> we've got to pull up before we hit the planet right like, it seems like they're out in the middle of space and then they are they are like looking for a place to ditch pretty fast yeah so so I mean... wes is on the computer he's dialing up uh he's dialing up the map of where they're at yeah looking they... for class m places to dump it they're in like a system that has a bunch of planets and a bunch of moons and they got to pick one that will sustain humanoid life because uh otherwise no bueno can't put that thing down in a gas giant yeah and in a pinch wes finds one he's like it's super hot but uh it's the best i can do in the moment and so (laughs) they they aim the nose for uh planet desert and and they take her in. Bridge is off for impact. They put it down like pretty pretty soft considering. Like I mean the the ship is like it all in one piece. Like there's no field of wreckage behind them. They didn't like skid it to a stop or anything. They just like literally set it down right side up on the uh on the desert floor and um, we were deprived of an exterior yeah. of 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 the shuttle going through the atmosphere or or 
punching into the sand. Like we don't get any of that. It's it's a fade to white, Ben, which is <laughs> as an editor a real nice crutch to have. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate that. I imagine it would have been pretty tricky to build a miniature that had a retro a plausible looking retro rocket and then shoot that yeah. setting down on on uh on the ground. But it's a classic uh, you know, dissolve to sun like in uh, <laughs> space balls. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh yeah. you know, they're they're like hopping out of the hopping out of the the hatch on the top of the craft and Picard is already like He's he's going down the like Boy Scout checklist of you know we need to find shelter from the sun that this thing is going to serve like an oven we need to fu- get food water rations something to protect our heads like it, it's fun you know he's like he's like Durgo uh, grab the big box of granola bars that every shuttlecraft should have <laughs> and Durgo's like what the fuck are you talking about yeah like I uh, I have nothing but these rags. And the porn magazines that I keep in the footwells. So I got nothing. Yeah. And Picard is like, well, there's some mountains over there. I say, I say we make for those and uh, we should gather all the provisions that we can uh, before we head out. And uh, kind, of, uh, kind of like, oh, brother, where art thou? There's a great, like, who put you in charge <laughs> scene between... Uh, Durgo and Captain Picard, and Picard is like, Well, Pete, I figured it should be the one with the capacity for abstract thought, but if that ain't the consensus view, then hell, let's put her to a vote. God, I love that scene. Picard really kung fu's Durgo a little bit, like uses his aggression against him. I think you're thinking of Aikido. Oh, yeah, that is what I'm thinking of. Anyway. Yes, and he uh, he soft plays his big dog against him, and is like, "No, man, I'm not. I'm not going over your head. What do you think we should do?" And gets him to sort of agree to the course of action. Yeah, in a weird way that that satisfies him. Yes, it's uh, some masterful leadership on Picard's part because he's like, he's dealing with like Wesley, who is all too eager to defend him and and kick shit on Durgo whenever Durgo resists, um, and. Picard is like, is like, slow your roll, Wesley. Like, I'll I'll handle this. Like, I can make this guy my worker. It's just gonna take. Like, you're not you're not playing it right. Essentially, the great leaders like Picard uh, always make their subordinates feel like they have some sort of control over their life when they don't. <laughs> and this is a great example of that. Yeah, I mean, Wes is being a baby. Like every time Durgo says says something to counter countermand something Picard says. Wesley is like If you want to get out of this, I suggest you listen to Captain Picard. He's the one who's gonna keep us alive. That's enough. He scrappy doos him. Yeah, yeah. And Picard like has to hold him back, you know? It shows how deep the pathology goes between them. Yeah, but I was also thinking like this is this is the the episode in which we're saying goodbye to Wesley. And they wrote this part for him in this where he is kind of super immature and and i felt like he'd he'd matured a lot in like over the last couple of seasons um, yeah so it was it was it was kind of a surprising tone i think before we get off this scene which we are just beating to death <laughs> with a shovel yeah this is a 35 second scene that we've been talking about for a good five minutes <laughs> picard's listing all the things that he needs and and wants before this trip to the mountains and the last thing he throws in almost like a throwaway comment is 
we've got to breathe through our noses to uh, prevent dehydration. Mm-hmm. Dan, is this a real thing? I've lived my life under the assumption that it's a real thing. Picard's like, uh, lucky for you guys, I brought my little billfold full of breathe right strips. <laughs> <laughs> it is a craving principle of a dark reading face. Now you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth. You don't deserve to wear that uniform. We get off this scene with uh, one of the great desert montages. Again, very space ball like. We get our single brass instrument. <laughs> Uh, that's doing the music bed for this walk. You get a lot of uh, of those like three shot intercuts of uh, far away, medium, and close, like like really long thirty second dissolves between yeah. each of them. Yeah, somebody like some, all the tricks. Somebody came with the Hollywood checklist of how to shoot <laughs> a walking across the desert scene, and they hit every single point on the checklist. Yeah. Guys, we gotta we've gotta do a tilt off of the sun. Check. We've got to show like the heat waves from people being far away in the desert. Check. We've got to put towels around these actors' heads. <laughs> Check. So we cut to uh the Enterprise in orbit of this planet, and it's like a blue and green earth looking planet, and there's this big like dirty brown barge ship in orbit of it and the enterprise is like positioned itself between the barge and the planet and uh and this barge is like mega radioactive it's it's not uh lethal for the planet yet but they're they're like yeah like it's starting to cause ill health effects and if it's up there much longer we're pretty much fucked and the trick is they want to move the barge out beyond the asteroid belt in this system but if the Enterprise gets close enough to tractor it, they won't be able to... Like, there's so much radioactivity that their shields will be useless against it at the proximity that they would need to be to tractor beam it. It's one of those things where it's like, they have conveniently left out like what the shields are capable of with radioactivity and what the tractor beam's range is and a bunch of other factors that... uh are like, well, all right, I guess we'll just take your word for it that this is really a problem. Uh, there's a level of trust you have in <laughs> Jordy's take on things at this point. Yeah. You really don't have anyone else to ask. This whole storyline is about forcing, like, you know, it, they're, like, dealing with this as they discover the the news that the, uh, the ship that was carrying Wes and Picard never showed up at the mining colony. And so Riker is, like, again, forced to make this decision between the Enterprise and its captain. And, uh, you know, it's like, at this point, it's just a reflex. He's like, fire. We're doing the Enterprise. Like, don't even... (laughs) He's getting really good at sacrificing Picard's life. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) So, uh, this this to me, Adam, was a, a, a classic episode of why not separate the ship and put the saucer section on garbage scow duty and warp back to do search and rescue with the star drive section i mean ordinarily i would agree with you except the saucer section is full of kids are the kids like chains to the saucer section they can move them (laughs) there's elevators just be like hey kids get on the star drive section 
you know, play in holodeck three for a while. Uh, we're going to go, we're going to go do some search and rescue skeleton crew on the, uh, on the, on the sauce. I, I know, man, I'm with you. I was, I was of this thinking, uh, when they were about to get on Durgo's jalopy, like <laughs> why not separate the saucer right then and there and take the saucer to the mining colony and, uh, and send star drive section over to the garbage scow. Yeah. I mean, they would have, but Jordy was just so impressed with how this ship was set up and how ship shape it was. Right. Yeah. Uh, he was just dying to it's, get Picard on board of it. It's important to have a mechanic you can trust. Yeah. And I think the jury is still out on Jordy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, he's not like constantly trying to insist that they need the fan belt replaced. <laughs> on the other hand, it's definitely made some dubious calls. W slash R slash T shuttle safety. He's like, look, guys, you could separate the the saucer section, but I haven't had a chance to spray the underside uh, with the special rust proofing (laughs) material. Like, I mean, you can do it if you want, but I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Uh, We have got to push through the end of this episode. We are dragging our feet, Ben. Yeah. All right, so as they get across the desert, they get into this system of caves, and they discover this this water fountain. For our Midwest viewers, uh, it's a bubbler. This bubbler is a big problem. Well, they do that thing where they see where people who have been walking through the desert see a mirage, and uh, and they go running headlong into the yeah. water. And I think it's Durgo that does it. He gets like thrown across the room as soon as he tries. Durgo has at this point revealed that he's been hoarding the booze. He's got a uh, he's got like a giant flask of tequila that he's been he's been sipping off. And Picard is like, "You fucking idiot! Alcohol is a diuretic. You're making yourself more thirsty, not less." <laughs> it's like a classic dumb guy retort. I'll take my chances. <laughs> I'll take my chances. Guy in this situation is always the one to die first. He gets rocked back by this force field and. The entire rest of the episode is based around this force field situation because, like, they've angered something in the rocks, and part of the rocks being angry meant that several of them were going to get dumped on Wesley's head, and Picard did that classic thing in television where he runs and pushes a potential victim out of the way and then instead of keeping running stops in that spot and looks up at the at the at the falling rocks he catches he catches several rocks to the dome and body and uh he's got like a broken arm and a broken leg and he's got a big gash on the top of the dome piece and uh he's in bad shape he's definitely like concussed and in just generally very rough shape and you can you can tell things are bad because his uniform is real dirty and Wesley's hair is all unkempt at this point. I mean, they're they're stressing. You can tell that he's in really bad shape in one other important way, which is they don't rest his head on anything soft. Like his head is resting on a rock. It's pretty <laughs> fucked up. I think if I were Picard, yeah. that's the first thing I would ask for. Be like, "Man, my my leg and my arm really hurt right now but also uh you think you could you could grab the turban i was wearing and maybe (laughs) yeah you know all those head rags we had (laughs) yeah could you find one of those please uh god they don't treat him super well here my my, my love 
So Picard is uh, slip-slipping away. The Enterprise is, like, not having a great time trying to move this garbage scow. They, like, try putting some some, uh, some some thrusters on it that one of them breaks off and it compromises the hull integrity of the thing. So they're like, fuck it, we got to do the goddamn tractor beam, which means we're all going to get cooked with radiation. And uh, it's like... Not how radi- radiation works, where the computer's just, like, telling them how many more minutes they have until they're dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, th- so they're, they're like, towing this thing. And I guess the this is one of those things where I felt like it the thrusters must have made it start moving. And, like, inertia should have been doing most of the rest of the work. But uh, I guess they have to get it through this asteroid field. So there's some steering involved. Yeah. And... Uh, they didn't want to like irradiate the asteroid field, also. So, I don't know. It's this is a very like, MacGuffin-y plot line. I felt like. Yeah, they could have called this episode. You're just gonna have to trust us on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah. one guy who's great at driving the ship through asteroid fields is uh, is concussed down on a planet yeah. somewhere. Yeah, they don't even know where he is. So, in this cave, have attempted a new strategy of phasering the force field around this water fountain because they're like desperate for water now like if picard doesn't get water he's definitely gonna buy the farm and the first time they try it it like knocks a phaser out of durgo's hand and it's like wrapped in spider webs these are selenium fibers electrically deposited and so they they try a second gambit where wesley is gonna shoot like a lower intensity beam and Durgo's going to shoot a higher intensity beam. They're going to try and distract the uh, cave wraiths that keep fucking with them. And this this plan backfires big time on Durgo. It uh, it encases him in a ton of spiderwebs and uh, he dead. Yeah. Yeah, uh, true to his nature, he does something wildly uh, unproven. Yeah. <laughs> He forces Wesley into it, and he pays yeah. the ultimate price. Wesley comes very close to like to saying, "Like, stop not using science." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, and he yeah he pays the ultimate price, and so as shitty as Wes- Durgo is, like now it's just Wes because yeah. because and, Captain McCard can't do shit, and Wesley's like hitting this point of like near despair. Like he he goes and like leans over Picard and. Picard is on death's door, and he's like, Wesley, you see, I'm not long for this world. I'm dipping the blood up to the top of my head. (coughs) Rudy. He holds a pudding pop up, and it's like (laughs) melting down his arm. (laughs) My vital signs are melting. (laughs) Blah. (laughs) <laughs> that's how you can tell that Picasso's dying <laughs> Wesley has this kind of long monologue where he explains to Picard that all of the all of the hard work he's done on the Enterprise has been to to try to impress Picard like he, he basically tells Picard that he's been a father figure for him and and 
and he just feels like this he feels tremendously lucky to have gotten to know him and serve with him and you know he talks about how he was intimidated by Picard at first and uh how but yet he always admired him and uh Picard, uh, you know, says like, "Hey, listen, I've always been really proud of you. And uh, when you go to, when you go to Starfleet Academy, make sure you introduce yourself to the groundskeeper. He's great. <laughs> He's one of the best groundskeepers. Believe me. The edging <laughs> is immaculate. Believe me. <laughs> it's got the best grounds. Everybody, <laughs> everybody talks about how great the grounds are." The best grounds in the galaxy. <laughs> Believe me. I thought this scene was effective. Very effective, actually. And it made me think that if if you were starting from zero, Ben, and yeah. writing the quote-unquote last Wesley episode, you want there to be that moment where where there's, like, truth in their in their relationship. Like where they finally say the things that they've been acting out the entire time. The fact that Wesley doesn't have a dad and Picard always has been that for him and vice versa, that that Wesley is the child that Picard never had and that, yeah. and that relationship needs to be underscored. I almost feel like you start with this scene as as you're breaking this story, right? How do we get to a moment where they could actually do that? Well, oh, that's uh, interesting. you make one of them face death probably because neither of them are going to say it uh, as mm-hmm. long as they're at full health. To me, it just felt like uh, write this part first and then write your way there. Yeah. So they have this scene, which is touching, but there's still, there's still shit to do. Wesley hasn't, Wesley sort of verbally <laughs> like has last words with him, sort of sets the tone that, uh, Picard's going to die, but Wesley still has to live somehow, and it's all about getting to this water. And he does a bunch of science and figures out a way to use the tri... Like, he uses the phaser to bring the wraith out, and then the tricorder to turn it into a scribbly ball of confusion. And uh, it's just like a lot of button button mashing, it looks like. Kind of looks like a, you know... A guy that's playing Mortal Kombat but doesn't know any of the combos. He's doing like Mavis Beacon teaches typing. He's like, <laughs> if he if he misses a letter, this wraith is going to attack him. So it's he's uh, his hands are on the home row. Uh, they're they're tapping away furiously. And this wraith really head faints, but it it, it you know it, it's like going right for him, but then it just goes through him directly through his chest and into the fountain and it uh drops the force field and uh he's able to uh you know get a get a briefcase full of water <laughs> that he takes back and gently drips into Picard's mouth. Yeah, that was a fun choice like as far as art directing that scene. Like we yeah. we know there is a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> they have one of those. Why use the suitcase? You well, know, there's still a little booze in it. Yeah, I guess oh, so. Oh, maybe maybe it was in Durgo's jacket at that point? Oh, yeah. And when he got enrobed in the spider webs, they lost the bottle. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. One or the other. Um, Captain Picard seemed to think that they could use the alcohol as coolant at some point. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, yeah, good good point. Hey, leave the mechanic work to Geordi, Picard. I don't think you know what you're talking about. You ever fill your Geordi radiator with alcohol? <laughs> Not gonna have a good day. That's a DUI you don't want. 
Sir, do you know why I pulled you over? <laughs> Your car smells like tequila, sir. I am the cutest of all. There are four lights. This episode ends with Wesley, like, passed out in the cave, and uh, his mommy is waking him up, and uh, the cart is being carried out on a stretcher. And throws a jab at Wesley, like, like, why do you, you look like shit, kid? Yeah. <laughs> Wesley, uh, Wesley fires one right back. And, uh, they're all real happy that everybody got out of, out of this scrape okay. And, you know, Wesley was the hero. That was the, the mirror image to the scene that opened the show. The scene opening the show was, uh, Wesley being totally deferential and, getting his dog bigged completely. Mm-hmm. And at the end, uh, they're both letting their dogs loose on each other a little bit. Yeah. They, they have become, uh, they've become more partners than master and subordinate. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Did you like this episode, Adam? Yeah, I did. Boy, like this, scenes in this episode walked right up to saccharin, but yeah. but didn't go all the way. And I think... In saying that, I mean specifically that scene where Wes and Picard like have their last words for each other. Like that could have been an atrocity uh, uh-huh. if they if they take it a little further than that, and they didn't. And Wes, as a character, and Will as an actor, has had uh, some challenging times uh, making an emotional case that seemed believable, sure, and and good. And this was a moment where where they rose to that occasion, and I thought they did a great job. So I think that is the moment in the episode that redeems everything and makes yeah. it good to me. The big, biggest problems I have with the episode are the, like, dumb storyline that they use to get the Enterprise and the rest of the crew out of the picture. Mm-hmm. But I thought the desert stuff was so strong. Like, it's so fun to see them on a planet that's, like, color graded differently. Yeah. You know, like, all, like I guess that's probably not even grading, right? They probably shot that through, like, a tobacco filter or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a more alien-feeling planet than we typically get. Mm-hmm. And it's, I imagine they probably went to Death Valley or something to shoot it. I mean, it just feels really... Uh, Really, really cool, and it's really like top tier production work compared to some of the other stuff we've seen. And uh, I think the only thing it was really missing was a scene where Wesley was riding on the top of a bus with giant silken scarves flying behind him. <laughs> yeah, I was missing that scene too. That's good headcanon, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's not rich enough yet. Oh, geez, I. Uh... I just realized there's a there's a light beeping on my keyboard, Ben. Light, lights don't beep, but this one does. It's saying this that we have be, a priority one message. Could be, could be. Should I should I hit this button, Ben? Is the word given? The word is given. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income. Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Our first priority one message is of a personal nature. It is for Ricky, and it is from Matt. And it goes like this, Ben. Since the early days on the USS Dumpy, it's been a pleasure... (laughs) 
to be a TNG fan with you, especially when the IPAs make us strong. And in parentheses it says, or turn us into drunk Shimodas. <laughs> I'm glad that our wives put up with us. See, people write stuff about their wives like we're supposed to just believe them. Whatever. <laughs> Alright. I'm glad that our wives put up with us. Here's to another year, another 24-hour marathon. And there's another parenthetical that goes, as long as we don't have to watch Nemesis again. <laughs> and the finest crew in Starfleet. Happy birthday. Uh, so happy a- birthday, Ricky, from Matt. That's a beautiful birthday message. Really is. I Sounds like they're doing marathons of the of the watching variety and not the running variety. Yeah, twenty four hour marathon. If you Oof. if you run a marathon in twenty four hours, why why even call that running? That's probably the time that I would log. Yeah, yeah, for, exactly. for a marathon. Uh, That's out of shape marathoning. I think these guys might have. Uh, might have emailed me about joining one of these marathons. Uh, oh, yeah? Not for the faint of heart, it sounds like. Oof. I mean, if they're th- throwing Nemesis into the mix. <laughs> What's tough about the whole Nemesis thing is that it comes so late in the marathon yeah. that uh, that is no reward at all. But then you're like, wait a second, is that Tom Hardy? Holy fuck, that's Tom Hardy. Boy, Tom Hardy. Who knew that he, he first- was in anything before he was famous? <laughs> I will trace you to the end of the galaxy, <laughs> Captain Picard. <laughs> Captain Picard, you were you adopted the dark. I was born in it. <laughs> oh man! And then he just picks up Picard and breaks his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of he kind of was born in it though in that movie, right? It's true. He, he comes from that like vampire planet. Uh, I still watch the Bane rap from time to time for laughs. That is a fun video. <laughs> yeah, when you're having a uh, when you're having a week, just cue up that Bane rap. <laughs> All right, uh, we have a second priority one message. If you can believe it, Ben. Yeah, we do. It is from Desoto. Uh, I don't know if that's the same Desoto as Captain's the Hood, but uh, it is to Shannon. And it reads as follows. As you fly the Previa with Ensign Finley, the boy, to Six Bay, uh, know you're the best Dr. Crusher, compassion, hairstyles, Dr. Pulaski, grit, wharf attraction, and Tasha Yar, scarves. Finley is in the best hands, the greatest hands. There's no better hands than these hands, believe me. P.S. Wharf's review of... Oh, I builds character. Shitty parking. <laughs> Man, I for some reason that was hard for me to read. Like the the rhythm of it was hard for me, but uh, real funny. And uh, I hope that that is the Desoto from the Hood, because uh, that seems like a fun ship if it is. I don't know that we've received a P one with more inside joke references. Yeah, that um, that really packed them in, didn't it? Well done, mm-hmm. Desoto. Mm-hmm. Good times. Well, uh, if you are interested in joining the ranks of DeSoto in purchasing a Priority One message, you can do so by going on over to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Uh, it is $100 for a personal message and $200 for a business message. Yeah, it uh, keeps the lights on around here, keeps us in deuterium, and uh, we really appreciate it. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk 
drunk Shimoda. Uh, I did. I got to give it to Jordy on this episode. I can't imagine why he would sign off on this ship. I've run safety and operational inspections, Captain. Everything checks out all right. Like, the the picture when they come down to this to the shuttle bay is Jordy and, like, three or four other guys from engineering have been picking over this this shuttle. And, like, and he's like, yeah, it looks great, good to go. Everything checks out all right. No qualms about this situation. And when they discover that the craft has crashed, uh, Jordy is like, well, the, uh, the maneuvering thrusters did look pretty busted up on that thing. <laughs> I gotta, I'm going to go ahead and guess that that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, good timing, Jordy. What in the hell? And, and, like, it's carrying his captain. Yeah. A captain that nine episodes ago... Uh, they almost lost forever. Yeah. So you'd think they'd right. be a little bit more protective of him. Don't get that you feeling. You would think. Yeah. How about yourself? Did you have a Shimoda of a drunk variety? Uh, for me, I'm giving it to Captain Durgo, the aggro jalopy minor dude. <laughs> who does everything. <laughs> he every- was getting drunk. <laughs> he, he does everything except turn to camera and go, I'm going to die. <laughs> A horrible, horrible death. Just you wait and see. Like, he he does everything to make the viewer hate him, and the other characters around him hate him. He's just a little too transparently aggro for me. Like, he could have dialed it back a little bit. And, yeah. like, there's satisfaction in seeing a, a character you hate die. But I would much <laughs> rather... I would much, much rather feel the opposite, which is uh, see a character I like die. Like, yeah, how would or, it have been? Or a character you hate redeem themselves in a way that surprises you. Yeah, he was given neither opportunity. He was just like so much meat for the grinder, like yeah. uh, killed off unceremoniously and and unsatisfactorily. Like, yep, felt kind of empty to me. So, uh, I'm. I think I'm giving his manner of death the Shimoda. Just the, <laughs> just the. What was it even about, Captain Durgo? What does it all mean, man? Yeah. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before, and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? 
especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Ben, what do we have coming up on the next episode? The next episode of Star Trek The Next Generation is Season 4, Episode 10, The Loss. Counselor Troy resigns her post after experiencing a mysterious loss of her empathic powers. You remember that? I remember this episode as being the Troy Gets Mean episode. <laughs> and that's really uh, all I recall. Yeah. She has that scene where she like screams and points at every one of the bridge crew. She's like, you don't understand what this is like. <laughs> yeah. Is this the one where Guinan is like, you're not even that great of a <laughs> counselor to begin with? <laughs> I hope so. I want to I see that. I feel like this happens a couple of times that she, is, am I wrong about that? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't recall, well, we'll and, we, and we certainly don't read ahead, so <laughs> it may yet be happening, but this is the first time on our show. One of the things, Ben, that I think gives our show meaning is the support that our viewers give it on the regular. Isn't that, that right? That is true. Uh, there are many ways that a, that a viewer can support the ongoing production of our show. One of the biggest is by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate and setting yourself up on one of them subscription plans ben you can uh yeah you can have regular 
donations given to us uh, on a monthly basis, and that is probably the best way to keep this thing going. It uh, it will prevent our show from becoming like Captain Durgo's jalopy. <laughs> yeah. The other great way to support is by going to iTunes or whatever app you use to obtain podcasts and uh, leave a review or, or a recommendation of our show. Uh, it really helps, and uh, people have really been going nuts on getting the iTunes uh, reviews up there. Uh, that's been really, really tremendous and really helps, you know, raise the visibility of this show and keeps us in our, in the style we've become accustomed to as the people's champion of Star Trek podcasts. Yeah. Another way you can help support the show is by buying a t-shirt or going to one of our West Coast shows that, uh, that are coming up, Ben. I, I think... To go out and do these shows and see these places filled with people, I think would be the biggest motivation for us to keep going. Like, yeah, I think uh, it's one thing to produce the show in a basement uh, over Skype. It is quite another to do this in front of people. And so I really hope we see all of you guys out there uh, for these shows that we're doing. True that. Well, we should thank... Our, uh, our pals Dark Materia and Adam Ragusia for the music you hear on the show. And we should thank our beloved viewers. And, uh, well, with that, we will be back at you next time with a- another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and a super mean episode of The Greatest Generation. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.